Hello, and welcome to Rewire. Whether you're a baby boomer or a baby zoomer, a millennial or an elder ally, enjoying retirement or planning ahead, this podcast provides you with the information and inspiration to help you live your best life. And now, here's our host, Duchess Dale. Hello and welcome to episode three. It is July 19th. How did we get this far into the middle of this month? And the holidays we're celebrating this week are tomorrow, National Moon Day, and I think it's referring to the planet. Junk Food Day is the 21st, which probably isn't a holiday for most people. The 22nd is National Hammock Day. I don't know of anybody who still has a hammock. And Sunday, the 23rd, is National Peanut Butter and Chocolate Day. Yum! I was reading on one of the newsletters I get every week, this one from The Daily Upside on July 2nd, and they had the title of this article was Silver Hair and Silver Linings. And I thought that title so fits this podcast, talking to people about Instead of retiring, rewire, get enthused, plug back into life and see what this universe has in store. Now, towards that, I was reading a New York Times article by Dana Goldstein, and this was in June. And she wrote that the median age in the United States reached a record high of 38.9 years And that was according to the Census Bureau for the year 2022. Now, in the year 2000, the median age was 35. And in the year 1980, the median age was 30. So, kind of gives you a perspective. And while many 38-year-old millennials may still feel very young, that age is an unusually high median for our country. Now, the new data adds to the evidence that the United States is graying, (laughs) which is probably why I like the title of the other article, Silver Hair and Silver Linings. The United States is graying, which is posing challenges for the workforce, for the economy, and for social programs. We have a longer life expectancy, which is due largely to medical advances. As right now, the global life expectancy of a human being is age 73 compared to age 46 in 1950. That means the labor market will need to recalibrate itself to welcome older workers, as some of us aren't even close to retiring. We're still working in some capacity. Now, Professor Nicholas Barr, an economist at the London School of Economics, told The Daily Upside that the increased life expectancy is one of the great welfare triumphs of the 20th century. People are living longer and healthier lives, the professor said, adding, quote, it's a lovely problem to have, end quote. And I agree. And so with that, I have a quote from Aldous Huxley. The spirit of genius is to carry it into old age, which means never losing your enthusiasm never losing one's enthusiasm. I know that there's a lot of stuff that goes on and we've all had our share of trials and tribulations. And if we can look to ways to keep the fire of our enthusiasm burning brightly, there's no end to what's possible. For example, the musician, composer, John Williams at age 91. Oh my goodness 
continues to write the musical scores, mostly for Steven Spielberg films, and Vanity Fair suggests that Mr. Williams has, quote, arguably saved classical music with his music scores. Now let's think about 92-year-old Mary Silvestri, not a name you probably know, but recently she tried out for the Rockettes in New York City. 92 years old, and what she shared on a little YouTube clip was that she was originally supposed to audition 80 years earlier, but couldn't get to New York. Well, this time she got to New York and had one of her dreams come true. And speaking of New York, John Kander, 92-year-old lyricist, just collaborated with Lin-Manuel Miranda to add new songs to the show New York, New York, which he and his late partner Fred Ebb wrote as a movie musical with Liza Minnelli. So these people in their 90s find a way to keep the enthusiasm alive and well, and well, as in Mary Silvestri's case, kicking. If you're a regular listener, you might recall that on our May 10th show, I introduced my guest, Jane Perkins, for the first time. Jane is someone who is currently employed with the Social Security Administration, and she agreed to do the podcast to help demystify Social Security, not just for our older folks, but for all of us, since it's such an important subject. So today, we're going to discuss some more of the Social Security basics. Welcome back. Our guest today, Jane Perkins, who is actively employed by the Social Security Administration. We had so much to cover the last time we spoke. We decided we'd do another one today about our nuts and bolts. Welcome back, Jane. Hi, Duchess, and hello, American public, my customers. I'm glad to be here and with another pile of questions and lots of things to talk about and help folks find their way. That's what I'm here to do today. Thank you. Let's talk about some of the little nuts and bolts and things about our social security cards. We have this little precious card, and there's a lot of information about the card that I don't think we know or that we take for granted. If I were coming in to sign up for my very first card, whether I was seven or 70, what would you tell me? I'd say, what have you been waiting for? We're all glad. <laughs> However you get here, things that we need, birth certificates. We need proof of identity. One of the things, first thing we do before we generate a number is we're going to take a look at a birth certificate. We're going to put that name, that date of birth, and we're going to search our database to see if they ever did have a card a number that had been generated for them. Also, if they can bring in passport, driver's license, state ID, sometimes if in the cases where people have had their wallets stolen, we may need to get them to go to one of their medical providers to get a printout with something we call a face sheet. We don't need a medical record. We just need something from the letterhead showing that they, with their name, their date of birth, and that it's current. Those are the key pieces. Once we would have those to generate a number, that's what we need. 
most commonly what we have now, it's called enumeration at birth, which means at the hospital, somebody has a baby, there's paperwork that's filled out, information goes to the state to generate a birth certificate, but they also simultaneously get that to social security. We generate a number and we mail a card. So it isn't necessarily immediately tied to employment. Correct. Absolutely. For most cases, for folks to have, especially for children that are born here, to be able to get health insurance, there's all kinds of records. And now everything's electronic. We could do things very quickly to verify. Most of the times people will get cards for their newborns within three months or so, but that doesn't always happen. Sometimes people move or depending on if there was a home birth, things or paperwork's turned in differently, different times. Let's say now we have a new card. How do we care for it? My initial response when I got this precious sacred card that I'm going to carry my lifetime, I wanted to laminate it and keep it protected. And I learned that's not a good idea. Is that correct? Correct. Not any longer because what Social Security uses are special watermark papers that it's printed on and that if you were to photocopy, it's got special things that we can verify that it's actual legitimate Social Security card. It's not a good copycat. So if you laminate it, you can't do the safety check with it. So don't ever do that. I see. And (laughs) probably the number one thing is keep it in a safe place. Get your card, but keep it in a safe place. Do not carry it with you because ultimately social security numbers are, they're the key to just about everything for your security, for banks, for whatever kind of records that you have with the IRS. It's really, really important that you don't keep it in your wallet. And how many times if I'm talking to somebody on the phone and they need, they're calling in because they're calling about their child or something. And they're like, oh, I don't have their number. Let me go out. My wallet's in my car. (sighs) I believe in the goodness of folks, but I don't know that I can leave my wallet in a car. Please don't. Don't don't leave a wallet in your car and please don't have your social security number in it. Can you get a replacement card? Oh, sure. But then if you don't have your driver's license or passport or those things that are just to be a photo ID, then you have to go to the secondary options, which would be going to your doctor, asking them for a face sheet, print out, bring it back to us, and then we can do we can fix it. And then from there, generally, you go back to go get a new driver's license or state ID. I believe you were required to have original documents, not photocopies of your passport, photocopies of your driver's side, correct? Yep. And every time we come on here, we're just going to hit like the high points. Please never bring photocopies, not even if it's social security, it's anywhere any longer because the ability for us to be able to check for the authenticity of a document, it's got to be either certified copies or the original copy. Always bring more documents than you think you need. Always have more than not enough. I just thought I brought my birth certificate. I thought that'd be enough. That's hard because you really want to be able to do for them what they came in to do. That that just won't work. Want so. the original. You want originals or certified copies. Yes. What happens with a name change? With the name change, there's a number of different things that could happen. You could go to court and you just want to change your name. Then what we want you to do is bring in your current ID and then bring in the court document that shows the legal name change. We'll do that. If you get married, we need to have a certified copy or the original certificate of marriage. And it's not the license. People get that confused. And usually they're all on the same document anyways. A license means... You've applied. The certificate means 
you were married. That's what we need to see. <laughs> is it politically correct to still say, I'm going back to my maiden name? Or if you're changing to a non-binary name. Right. 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 Yet, if Susie Smith wanted to change names to a non-binary Chris Jones, mm-hmm. Susie Smith's social security number could be changed if Susie provided you with all of those legitimate documents. So you don't lose your benefits or your history. Put it this way. Your number will never change. Your number is not going to change unless you're in witness protection and something cataclysmic has happened. You will have the same number. And you really don't want to because what happens is that your medical records are all related to your social security number. You know, Mm -hmm. everything that's kind of your digitized It is. It's your digitized number. It's how we find you, everybody, the IRS medical records, school, for us to be able to pay you. So the name can change the number. It would take, it's an extreme case that it takes us to change a social security Unless I'm coming with the men in black and the documentation for my witness protection program, the number that I got in junior high school will be with me forever. Correct. And I can't change it just because numerology tells me that it would be better. to Right. We know how to apply. We know how to protect it. We know why we want to apply and why we want to protect it. Is there anything else about the card itself we should know? No, I, I think just consider it like a checkbook. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't leave wouldn't want that leaving around. Doesn't mean somebody's going to actually use it. But if they have it, they could. So now we have the card. and. Basically, we have the number. It's on a card, which Mm -hmm. is not in my wallet in my car. What can you tell us about these calls that a lot of people get, particularly seniors, that get saying, hi, I'm calling about your card or your benefits are going to be withheld. And can you address that? Mm -hmm. First of all, a couple of things. We have an instinct built in us. If something doesn't seem right, it probably, there is something not right. Social security will not solicit you with offers. We're not going to call you and threaten you. Social security may call you as a follow-up. Let's say you called in and you needed to have something done, but at that time there wasn't a representative that you could talk to, but they took your information and you're going to get a call back. That's fine. But Anybody that's going to threaten you, that's going to say the police are coming or, I mean, folks, there's has to be so much, so much research into how folks that do this scamming that it's unbelievable. They're just rushing you with what you're thinking and they're using just enough fear that you, because it may be plausible, but just use your instinct. If it doesn't seem right, hang up. For me, frankly, if I don't recognize a number, I don't answer it. And if somebody wants to leave a message, leave a message. I'll listen to it. Most people that are fraudulent don't leave messages. And for those few that do, you can tell in about five seconds, it's not legit. So if you don't have to pick up your phone and you don't know that number, let it go to voicemail. So I'm going to condense some of that by saying what I heard, which was significant, is Social Security doesn't solicit and not going to call and threaten you about your benefits or ask you for money. So when someone gets a call, if they are asking for your social security number, that might be the first yellow or red flag. Oh, it would be totally red. We're social security. We have your number. 
there's no reason for us to ask your number. That's really important. I think that could lift a whole lot of fear and weight off of people because when someone who sounds official calls and is coming from a 1-800 number or 1-866 mm-hmm. number, and they say, well, we're calling on the social security, blah, blah, blah. What is your number? So we can verify it's you. That's not going to happen. That's a red flag. Oh, yeah. That's like blaring trumpets, red flags, everything. Just ask who you're talking to. Call us. Call the local number. Call the 800 number if you want to. Which is but, a good plug for the web. Yes. 1-800-772-1213. Yes. Okay. And depending on where you are in the New Mexico area, you can just look up at the website, ssa.gov. Type in your zip code and it'll tell you which number is your local office. That's great. While we're on that, let's talk about that ssa.gov website, because you and I offline, we're talking about what resources are available to someone. Right. Having a My Social Security account, last time we talked about how important it was to set one of those up. Even if you don't want to set up your own personal online account, the Social Security website has a lot of really good information. In plain English, there's a little simple questionnaire that you go through that that it'll tell you what benefits, well, I want to file for disability, or maybe I want to do retirement. It's just a one, two, three simple answer or questions and it'll tell you when you're eligible, if you're eligible for different types like spouse benefits, things like that. However, there's also, if we have a number of publications that are available, if you go to ssa.gov.pubs, like pubs, publications, and you hit that, it'll, and type in anything, there's over 154 publications that we have that you can listen to in an audio format, you can get it in an English PDF, or if you have different foreign languages, not just Spanish, I think there's over 50 different languages. So that could be helpful as well. Oh, that answered my next question, particularly for New Mexico. Was there something in Spanish? But yes, that's fabulous. As you said, by going to that site, you could listen to a document and or print it. If you want, and if you don't have access to a printer, if you just call the the local office or you call the 800 number and you ask them to mail them to you, it takes about, I don't know, a week to 10 days. And I I test these things out too, because I figure if I'm going to talk to the public, I want to know the how it works. So, I mean, I I have my own online account set up. And so I try different things out. So if I'm going to say to someone, oh, it should take about 10 days. Usually takes about 10 days. So. <laughs> Jane, that's fabulous. Not all workers go to that extra length to know what, what they're promoting or what they're serving or doing. So that's great that we know if there's something, I'm going to call Jane and say, well, <laughs> check this out for us. Are you- I'll tell you what, folks. I mean, I just have to, you know, blow a whistle, ring a bell for my own coworkers. I mean, the folks that I you know a lot of times we feel like federal workers or the government, quote unquote, is just all about red tape. But I've worked in a lot of different industries, whether it's corporate, private, nonprofit, but working with the folks that I have definitely with social security are some of the best, most qualified people I've ever worked with. I know from my office, we really do believe in public service and we are here for you. And we have children, we have grandparents, we have disabled family members and friends. So we're all in the same boat. So 
just know we're, and one of the things that we have to say that's really positive is social security. They're in the midst of a huge hiring boom. So there are a lot of trainees and the offices all over so that if you haven't been into a local office recently, the parking lots that we've just jammed are no longer. I mean, maybe there's four or five cars, but they're coming in and out to get to talk to somebody on the phone doesn't take so long. So I think the level of service that you will be experiencing is going to continue to get better. And I think you'll be very happy and you'll feel that's that great. money's being well spent. Money is being well spent and training people to know how to provide us with money as we go along when we need to. We're going to wrap up this episode because it is some of the basics. I'm going to invite you back again. And I know we want to talk about some new things next time. Advanced designation, representative payee, and survivor benefits. Some of the drill in a little more deeply on what is available and what the needs are, particularly for the older folks in New Mexico. I want to thank you for taking some time. Here we are in summer, and I know it's before your vacation. I wish everybody a happy, safe summer. And until we get back on again, just take care. And thanks again for inviting me, Duchess. It was great. Thank you, Jane. And say hello to all your fellow co-workers from Duchess at Rewire. (laughs) All right. Will do. Thanks for joining us for this episode, July 19th. It's my opportunity to thank our sponsor for the show, which is the Aging and Long-Term Services Department of the State of New Mexico. And if you are an older person or you're taking care of an older person and you want information about what it's like to get older, how do you navigate life in the state of New Mexico? This is the best hub and resource spot I can suggest please go to their website at aging.nm.gov or you can call 1-800-432-2080 and get some information that might help you out. And if you're feeling enthusiastic after this episode, then you can join in on the upcoming 45th Annual Conference on Aging that is taking place in Albuquerque September 11th, 12th, and 13th. Now, this will be a hybrid event, so if you're not able to get into Albuquerque, don't fret. You can still join online to listen to workshops and speakers, and it's a great resource that is upcoming. Just check out the website for more information and to place your registration. And now remember, if you're trying to connect with me or the show, you can do so on our new Facebook page, or you can contact me, email directly to... Your life rewired at gmail.com. These are two wonderful ways to connect with me so that I can hear what it is you're thinking and feeling and how this podcast can best serve you. Now, I know we're in the middle of a very, very hot summer, so do your best to not overdo, stay hydrated, except for maybe some of those aspartame beverages. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you might want to check that out online as now the World Health Organization is saying aspartame may not be a good friend. (laughs) And you can come back next week to refresh, reconnect, and rewire along with us on this podcast. Thank you for joining us. 
This podcast is sponsored by the Aging and Long-Term Services Department of New Mexico. On your favorite streaming platform, subscribe or follow to receive a reminder of new episodes. You can also share this free podcast with family and friends. Our music was written and sung by New Mexico's Lydia Clark. I'm your announcer, Don Converse. Till next time, remember to reconnect, recommit, and rewire. We've got information and inspiration. You've got all.